Welcome to the Talk to Fame, everybody. I'm Jake. This is my boy, Ty. Welcome to another rendition, another episode. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iHeart, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find this one, the Talk to Fame. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel where we do our live streams every Saturday night at 930 uh, p.m. Central Time, 830 Mountain Time. Like, subscribe, smash that. Let's send this thing to the moon. How we doing, Ty? How we how we feeling today? Oh, vibes are good, man. It's been a great day. I uh, had a busy last couple weeks. I think we all have. So it's good to get an episode back out there for anybody to listen to uh, start here in a couple days. But doing good, man. Spent the day, went and visited a couple key accounts up in northern Colorado. Um, and then just prepping the old getting the kids to school thing. It's that time of the year. So Life's good, man. How you been? I'm doing good. I've just been, uh, as you know, as we talked a little earlier today, been uh, busy at work, getting kicked in the dick a little bit, you know, putting in them hours, but it is what it is. It comes with the territory. A lot of windshield time, uh, a lot of windshield time, driving back from South Dakota several times. Perfect bad timing with the wife going out of town for a business thing. And I was up in the other state, and I was like, all right, cool. I have to drive back home because no one's here to watch the dog. So it was, it was, it's been fun. But I think uh, what's kind of given me that hope, that silver lining, as we all like to call it, you know, fucking preseason games this last weekend, dude. Week one in the books. We got some teams looking good. We got some teams not looking so good. So I'm stoked about it. That means we can start putting parlays on it. You know, we can start making future bets and all that jazz. So football's back, baby. We got like 20-something days left, 23 days left until the Bears, or not Bears, Lions Chiefs kick off the NFL season. I am pumped, bro. I cannot wait. So let's fucking, let's just get into it. You know what I'm saying? Um you make any bets on preseason? Are you a preseason betting guy? You know, for those that listen, voices and off the, off the show now so we can discuss all thing bets. And yep. one thing you're going to get to know about your boy <laughs> is I bet 24-7 on anything. It don't matter. I'll, I'll bet I will place a bet on Chinese basketball if I need to be late time at night. Anything sure that's in play. I'm in play, baby. Let's go. So preseason, it's like risky. It's like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen here. It's a 50-50 guess. You don't know which quarterback's going to play, how long the starters are going to play. You don't know anything. Um, What I do enjoy most about preseason is they never want to take that game to overtime. So if you bet on the Broncos Cardinals, you all know that you found out if that bet slip hit before the uh, right at the end of regulation. So I did place a bet. I placed it on the Arizona Cardinals. Nope. And, you know, your boy's a Broncos fan. But, uh, you know, I just thought Sean Payton, first time at the helm as head coach, you got Russell Wilson, who still hasn't proven he can do anything behind center. So I just kept with my gut. And uh, luckily to say, the Cardinals pay daddy out. They they sure did. Final score of that game was 18 to 17. I'm sure that was a unique score. And um I didn't I didn't get a lot of I didn't get to watch a lot of that game. Um, but from what I heard, it was wasn't that, you know, a barn burner. Russell Wilson went seven of thirteen for ninety-three yards on a tutty, got sacked once. 
Um, ben DiNucci looked like a backup. Jarrett Stidham looked like a backup. Uh, Clayton Toon, the Cardinals' starting quarterback for that game, 13 to 20, 335 yards, tutty in a pick. And yeah, that's pretty much the highlights right there. Jerry Judy, two receptions for 40 yards and a tutty. Cortland Sutton, three receptions, 35 yards. Uh, Michael Bandy, three receptions, 27 yards. That's uh, that's your offense right there for the most part. So, yeah, and it wasn't really fun to watch. I mean, the the team didn't play well as a defensive game. Uh, Cardinals scored on a last minute touchdown, went for a two point conversion, and obviously hit it to win the game. Um, but I I'll just tell you, man, I was just so excited that Sean Payton came out and publicly said the starters are playing. Historically, when you got a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's a you know a Super Bowl championship winning quarterback that has done the things that that man's done in this league, you kind of own the right to wear the ball cap on the sideline and hold the uh, hold the playbook. Uh, Sean Payton basically said, "I saw what happened last year. It was an absolute dumpster fire, and we're going to have all of our starters play. You got an earner spot on this 52 man roster, and that includes the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers." It's not what have you done in the past. It's what have you done for me lately. So our starters played all the way into like the middle of the second quarter. That's unprecedented. I don't think there was another team in the NFL preseason that played their starters that far into the game on the first preseason game. So Sean Payton is, you can clearly see, he's trying to build a culture. He's Mm -hmm. trying to build a winning team. He's trying to say, hey, yeah, you you haven't done anything here in the orange and white, orange and blue. Go prove yourself. And then if you do and you lock in the spot on the roster, maybe we'll rest you that last week before the regular season. So, Sean Payton, I appreciate the change in culture, that kind of that light switch you're turning on here. Um, I think it's great for Russell Wilson. It's good for all the young guys around here. And we don't want to win three years from now. We want to win now. And I love starting it right here, right now in the preseason. So uh, it was great to see. Yeah, I think well, over the last couple of years, it's been like uh, the Sean McVay experiment or whatever. I remember him doing it first where the Rams didn't play any starters in the preseason. Then it became kind of like a thing like, ah, starters just aren't going to play. Maybe, you know, a series and that's it. I think everybody needs to get the work. It, it, you need to get the rust off. You need to get game reps. Practice can only prepare you for so much. You know, you're it's not a live game. Quarterbacks can't get hit in practice. Uh, I love the scrimmages. Uh, and, yeah, I think more starters need to play. I get it, you know, risking injury and all that jazz. But it's football, dude. It's, it, it's going to happen regardless. You know, you'd like once you're week – 10 even probably even earlier than that you're not playing healthy uh have you watched any more of uh the netflix series quarterback yeah man i just finished it unbelievable i'm on episode six i believe i've been i've been slacking watching it but like kurt cousins bro like you just having rib contusions every freaking week man just getting blown up and it's I love the series because you get to see, you know, kind of peer behind the curtain of what these players go through, especially quarterbacks from Marcus Mariota to Kirk Cousins to Patrick Mahomes. Like that's such a wide range of who who those players are in the league. You have the face of the NFL, you have mid and then someone that 
was what drafted second overall in his draft and then pan out and has kind of bounced around now. Uh, so very different career paths for everybody in that series. And it's just awesome. The quarterbacks have to deal with so much stuff. And it's like, you need to get them on the field. You know, at what, there's only three weeks in the preseason now. Get that rust off. Get some live reps. Make it out of that game. Play maybe the first half. And then, you know, take a week off. Prepare like normal. Broncos Raiders week one. Let's go. Division game. Rivalry game. It's going to be electric. I can't wait for the NFL to kick off, dude. It's going to be sick. We'll have a watch party, I'm sure. Maybe not. I don't know. We can figure something out. It's going to be sick. I can't wait for week one football, bro. I'm yeah. hyped. We're moments away, man. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the clock's just going to keep on ticking. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be here soon. And um, about that quarterback documentary, if you guys haven't watched it, I encourage everybody to go flip to Netflix and tune in. Everybody knows what Patrick Mahomes is. The guy's a freaking athletic freak. What I took away from oh, dude, unbelievable. It's like you're going to get this $50 million mansion. You got one of the most annoyingest wives that I've ever heard. The TikTok brother, the whole optics of that. And you can still position your mindset week in and week out to be great. So I think a lot of Patrick Mahomes from watching that is Andy Reid. I think mm-hmm. Andy Reid has truly kind of built a culture and philosophy around what makes Patrick Mahomes great, which is awesome. It's what great coaches do. Mm-hmm. But the one thing from that series that I took home, dude, was Kirk Cousins. Yeah. When people talk about Kirk Cousins in the league, they talk about this average Joe. The guy can never win the big game. He's just a decent quarterback. The Vikings pay too much money, fully guaranteed, three-year deal for the guy. When you see what that man does from going from Robert Griffin III's technically backup in Washington yep, to now being a – Yeah. And then now he's going all the way to the Vikings and took him to 13 wins last year. The guy's got a psychiatrist on his team. He's got a full massage therapist team on the side. And then he's got to play dad still with his wife and kids. Um, the playbooks – yeah, my favorite thing with Kirk is that he takes Tuesdays off so he can be dad, so he can be yeah. husband. Period. He to like he told everybody like early on in his career, he's like, I don't work Tuesdays. I'm not gonna be in the building. Like you're just gonna have to deal with it. I love that because you need some type of normalcy in in that life. You know what I mean? So I yeah. love that, dude. I I gained so much respect for Captain Kirk Cousins through this series because I was one of those guys. Ah. He can't win the big one. He chokes. You know, he can't do this. Dude, Kirk, I'm going to write you a letter and hopefully, you know, you read it and and respond to it. Because, dude, I respect the hell out of you now. And yeah. to cap off, you know what I mean? Totally, man. He takes those hits like, I don't know, you get the soundtrack of the bites when the players are mic'd up and the hits they take and the get up and keep rolling, keep rolling. I mean, he, he got the wind knocked out of multiple games, broken this, broken that, and he gets up and keeps performing week in and week out. It's pretty amazing what the quarterbacks do. I mean, the quarterback is the entire team in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to the next series. There's going to be some more quarterbacks that are coming out. So big shout-out to Peyton Manning. Because this guy's opening a curtain to the NFL players that no one's ever seen before. And I just think this is the start of one position that I think someday will open to all the other positions. It will be great for the fans. 
because we get to see what these guys get to do Monday through Saturday when they're not playing, which is which is we've never been able to get that other than press conferences. Uh, a full behind-the-scenes look of how they take care of the body, the investment they take in their nutrition, the study, the playbook, the mental fortitude, the relationships, everything that comes with it. That's why those guys make $50 million a year, man. Yep, it's not playing football. It goes – it's – at that level, it's so much more like like Marcus Mariota and his wife. You know, like they have their schedule and their – going over plays, she's quizzing him on him on formations and all that. And, you know, oh, nope, you got this one wrong. It's deuce, week left, trip, X, Y, you know, Yankee doodle went to town or whatever. You know what I mean? And then, like, it, Mahomes just watches film and he just gets it. And yep. and you, Kirk Cousins is uh, – and I, I say that lightly. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. All right, let's – clear the air on that one. I'm not trying to be a hater or anything like that because I'm a Raiders fan. But, like, the game just comes so easy for Mahomes. Like, there's times in the throughout the series that I've watched up to, he's like, I'm just used to winning and throwing touchdowns, man. Like, what the, what the fuck? Why am I throwing three picks this game against Denver, uh, like, week 16 or whatever it was, and it's 24-21? You know, like, he just had a rough game. He's like, I, I don't do that. I win and I throw tutties. So, to see how Mahomes carries himself to where Captain Kirk has to, he's not, you know, physically gifted as um, Patrick Mahomes doing the ad lib plays and all that. You know, he's, you know, big cerebral guy. He likes to write everything down, read books, watch film constantly. And Marcus Mariota does the same thing. And it's just like, you can tell how much they have to invest um, and how that science has changed from, the 70s when you see players on the sideline smoking darts and just you know lacing them up and eh, whatever i'm gonna go eat whatever i want at the end of the night and you know go party and get drunk after a win or a loss like it doesn't matter speaking of that have you watched the untold johnny manzel documentary no dude i've been putting that on hold for a little bit so i could really sit down and watch the whole thing from start to finish dude, i watched is this that. A, is this a money grab for johnny i, I liked it maybe but you definitely get to know Money Manzella a little bit more, Johnny Football. Um, he definitely kind of went off the ropes. He, he didn't kind of. He went off the, off the ropes. You know, he derailed. And it takes you into the life on, like, kind of why he did it, and he just kind of got sucked into it. And it was really good. I enjoyed the documentary as well. I think it was the same people that did the Manti Teo one uh, earlier or last year, earlier in the year, something like that. And I liked that one too. So what's next? You know, Johnny Football. I remember doing the the money sign back in the day. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, he's gonna go down as one of the greatest college athletes of all time. I mean, I remember that game. I remember watching it with my dad. We're sitting there against Alabama, and like, there's quotes of him saying, "That's when everything changed for him." So yep. I'm pumped to see his story. Um, but I think it's a good story to tell because talent can only get you so far, right? Yep. One of my favorite quotes out there is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think Johnny Mazzell, one of his biggest flaws was he did not work hard. He did not do the Kirk Cousins extra reps. He didn't do the Marcus Mariota reps, the Patrick Mahomes reps. Now, Johnny Mazzell had all the talent in the world. The guy mm -hmm. was gifted. His legs were unbelievable. He was able to rip it. But he just never was able to keep it between his head and, and understand what it took to be a professional. Um, I remember when Cleveland drafted him, everyone was thinking, oh, here we go again. 
Cleveland's going to have another bust, right? But me personally, I'm thinking, hey, if this guy can just throw the party scene away and just be locked in the moment, he's got the athleticism to do whatever he wants to do on the football field. Mm -hmm. And I think when I watch this, I think what I'm expecting to get from it is at the end, I think if Johnny could do this whole thing all over again, he'd probably do it a little bit differently. Um, because that moment where fame strikes and you become Johnny Manziel, Money Manziel, you got, you know, deal after deal, shoe deals, all these things coming in, millions of dollars flying in. I imagine Johnny's going to probably say, man, I, I think I lost myself a little bit of who I truly wanted to be. Yeah, but- I, I won't say anything else onto it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, Give it a watch. I think you'll like it. Money Manziel, Johnny Manziel got my respect a little bit from, or he got some some more respect from me um, with you know saying some of the things that he said and what he went through and all that jazz. So give it a watch sooner rather than later. I yeah. think you'll enjoy it. And uh, yeah, dude, it's crazy to think freshman Johnny Manziel Heisman winner, dude. It's unbelievable, yeah. man. He, he's right up there with Tebow, dude. It's one of the greatest college players of all time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because those two players like changed college football. Yeah. Like they were a house known name and there's not too many college athletes that have that type of pull. Yeah. Um, real quick, because I think Boyce is getting close to being here is, do you want to talk about any of your, like what was your Cardinals bet? Oh yeah. So it was great. So put 250 bucks on the ML for the Cardinals, that hit. And then I put a three-leg parlay together here. So, team, if you guys get to know your boy Ty in the football season, I, I always put parlays together. I love the juicy odds. So I put a nice little three-leg parlay together last week, um, which re- resulted in a winnings of $563 and some change. That's so the next hard. day I'm in the office and I'm sitting here going, you know what? I got to take the kids out tonight, but I want to invest some money. So I take the $563 and I place it on a first pitch of the Phillies Washington Nationals game was going to be a ball. I'll say that again. I put 500 bucks at the first pitch would be a ball, not a strike. Now the odds on this were plus $200. Okay. Guess what? The guy, it was perfect. It started to rain. I'm watching it on my phone. Muddy mound. Lost his little grip a little bit. High riser to the top right ball. That hits. Your boy cashed that out at 1500 bucks. So now I'm rolling, right? Now we fast forward to the fifth inning of the Rockies and Dodgers game. I take 500 of that $1,500 and say the first pitch of the top of the fifth would be a ball. And what do you think? It's a curveball in the dirt, and your boy hits another one. Fifteen hundred bucks. Then, to end the night, bottom seven, first pitch ball. Mm-hmm. Another five hundred, and it cashes for fourteen hundred, dude. So I almost pocket almost four thousand dollars of winning off of three freaking bets on balls and strikes. On three ball, you <laughs> should have gotten four, and you would have been lost, bro. Holy oh, could you shit. believe it? I was awesome. just sitting there going like, my God, dude, the panic on the prop bets are real because you literally have one pitch and yeah. then you know your fate. Yeah. So 
Prop bets whoever, whoever, the, whoever that fucking you. pitcher was in the Phillies, thank you. <laughs> yeah, send you a letter too. Hopefully, you can uh, give me a signed card like Captain Kirk does, dude. Exactly. Oh, um, do you have any uh, like future picks? I guess we can go over future picks um, another time for the NFL, um, like division winner, conference winners, stuff like that. Yeah, and we'll go from there. We'll make like a we could do like a little dedicated bet 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 episode a week or something like that or segment without voice just so he stays out of legal trouble and blah 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 all that stuff because yeah like, i would love to do like a like a segment where before the thursday night game we put a pick of the weeks yep um and then you know maybe the day of we can post on our instagram the pick of the day yep. just little things to kind of make sure you guys are kind of following with what we're thinking and yep. hopefully we all win a little extra american cash without boys Without boys, because he's a by straight narrow type of guy, and he doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. So, as you can tell, exactly. we're saying Boyce's name a lot, and that's because he finally joined the stream because he was going through it. So, welcome to the episode, boys. Of hey, raw baby, raw. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just talking about the hat. Right. No, fucking. Dude, it was it was a day with my fucking account. Like, we'll talk about it off air, but I don't, I don't. It's some bullshit today. <laughs> Look at the it. young man coming into the podcast hot, dropping three yeah. f bombs in fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it's very frustrating when people steal from you, and it's over five hundred dollars. So it's cool. Yeah, I took your number down when I was with you golfing this weekend, so I apologize. Yeah. Well, if you're from Bulgaria, then you know that's where I got hacked from. Apparently, it's throwing out random numbers and hopefully it hits. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Exactly right. Someone, someone hit <laughs> at my uh, expense. Did you watch any of the preseason games, boys? I watched a little bit of the Broncos game. I fell asleep by halftime. Um, you know, slow of- start. For- yeah, slow start for the guys. Um, hopefully, they can build on a few good things out of that uh, uh, first couple quarters, but very slow start. Still being cautiously optimistic about the team this year, but we'll see. Preseason we'll see. one, it's backups majority, you know, most of the time. Uh, starters played a little bit or a little longer than you would expect. Um, but hey, you know, it's preseason. It's all right. The full playbook isn't in a force. It's not a thousand percent effort, you know what I mean? So shaking the rust off, you guys, you guys will be there. You'll you'll be ready for week one against uh, Las Vegas. So I think it'll be I think it'll be fun. I'm just happy sports is here, man. Or yeah, I'm here. I'm happy that uh, football's back. Well, I'm excited. Um I want to talk about it because I have to. Dude, the Raiders beat the shit out of the 49ers, 34 to 7. And it was absolutely awesome. Uh, my guy, Farva, Aiden, oh, Aiden O'Connell. Wow, what a picture. Rookie from Purdue put on a clinic. 15 of 1,841 yards and a tutty. Got sacked one time. He had a QBR rating of 117.8. He's probably the best rookie quarterback that to play this last weekend. And that's including Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, you name them. I think O'Connell did better than everybody. So, um, did you watch any of that game by chance, you two? 
Not really. No, I just saw the highlights. It looks like there was a pretty stud tight end you had there that racked it up for around 70 yards. Is that true? Yep. Cole Waterham. <laughs> yeah. So. One. Yeah. Well, that's what's fucking awesome about preseason, dude, because these players that are playing, they not, they might not be on the Raiders here in two weeks. They might not be on the Broncos. They might not be on any NFL team. They might go get a normal job in eight to five because they missed a roster spot. But yep. some of them might not make the 52-man roster on the respective team, and they're going to get picked up by someone else. And so they're just playing for a contract in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Can they be one of the best 52 on 32 teams? Maybe. Maybe. I, Why not uh, us? Let's go. Let's throw the shoulder pads on. Yeah. Maybe hey, maybe I'll, it's our destiny. I'll, I'll be a long snapper. Let's get it, dude. <laughs> uh, the Broncos are uh, trying them out. Hey, yeah. let's 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 role play that for a second. <laughs> if you had to play one NFL position today. What position would you pick to go play? Long snapper, dude. I'd have to be a long snapper. Special teams. <laughs> Special teams front line. A holder for the kicker on field goals, PATs. I could do that. So that means you're like a backup quarterback then. Yeah, I'll be third string QB, you know. Unless I'm on San Francisco, then that means I'm getting playing time and your boy's getting blown the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Boys, did I hear you said you'd be starting line on special teams? What the no, fuck I said no, does that mean? No, like the, the big uglies up front on like kick return. <laughs> so you'd be like an offensive guard or something? Oh, yeah. Illegal yeah. now? Yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> Boyce as a backup guard? Probably a, probably a fullback. I'm just roly-poly. Just fucking throw me into a pile of people. Let's uh, go, go break up the, the middle linebacker. Yeah. I'll be yeah, the I don't know what I would be. Maybe a linebacker. Just don't yeah. got the speed, but I'd love to go hit someone. Love to just yeah. feel contact. Yeah, I'd love to get blown up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just Oklahoma drill after Oklahoma drill after Oklahoma drill. Got a couple concussions exactly. those back in the day. But, yeah, I guess. So, Trey Lance, 10 of 1,512 yards and a touchdown. He got sacked four times. I think it was the uh, – First three drives for the Niner uh for the Niners. They had a total of negative one yard. Um and what do you what do you think of the Trey Lance situation? I think it's Brock Purdy's team uh team. I think he's QB one. Sam Darnold's gonna be QB two. that leaves Trey Lance at QB three, man. Like is that the one of the most recent worst NFL draft day trades in history? You gave up like three first rounders and the dude can't even start. Yeah, I, I still believe in Trey Lance. I just think, God, the NFL, man, you saw what happened when Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Tom Brady came in, the rest is history. If you get injured and a guy comes in and does a good job, you've you've lost your job. Brock Purdy took him all the way to the Super Bowl. And if he didn't get injured, he probably champion. wouldn't. Yeah, sorry, NFL champion. And if he didn't get hurt, maybe they win that game and get to the Super Bowl. You, you know, really so I Sam Fran would have beat Philly. I think with a healthy Purdy man, that offense was humming. And I think you think about Kyle Shanahan, the type of offense he runs. You got too many weapons out there. Like he wants the ball out and then George Kittle, Debo's hands, like he Christian McCaffrey, like get it out to your playmakers. 
I'd like to see Trey Lance on another team that is willing to develop a, a quarterback that, that doesn't currently have one. Because I think he's a great quarterback. I really do. I think him coming out, he fits the mold of like a mini Cam Newton. Hmm. He just needs time. He came from North Dakota. So he needs to get entrenched in a NFL offense. He needs to have a full year without being injured too. Like you have to remember, he just set out all last year. He's coming off of a pretty significant injury. This is technically his rookie year. So just like any rookie, he's got to scrape his knees a little bit, get some playing time, and then see what the future holds. You need a good backup. I mean, he's going to be a good backup to Purdy when he comes back. But Well, they got Sam Darnold. Oh, they have Sam Donald. I'll see. I don't even fucking know. I have, I'm so far out of the NFC West area that I don't even know what the hell is going on over there. But um, I, where do you put them? Where, where, who doesn't have a quarterback that would go get him? You know what I mean? Like Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you go get him tomorrow. Uh, over Baker. Would you, you go keep get him tomorrow? Would you keep him in the NFC or would you try to get him? Just, I think you, it's to the highest bidder, you know, that needs a quarterback. So my my so he was drafted in 2021 round one pick three, uh, in 2021 he didn't start because who was San Francisco's quarterback in 2021? Jimmy uh, G. Jimmy G. Yeah, and the Super Bowl. All right, cool. And then 2022, I don't remember what that was. Uh, 20 Trey Lance started the year. Yep, he played against Justin Fields. The Chicago Bears week one in a monsoon game, which was not a normal condition game. And then he gets hurt. And then in comes uh, Jimmy G. Um, uh, I don't remember who their other one is. Insert plethora of quarterback. And Brock Purdy comes out of nowhere towards the end of the year and lights the world on fire. And bada bing, bada boom. And now Trey Lance's you know future in San Francisco is hazy and in question. I think he has – I think I agree with you a little bit, Ty. I think Trey Lance just needs a new spot. He needs a new start, needs to go somewhere else the, outside of San Francisco, outside of the team that drafted him with all the lofty expectations and all that jazz. So Tampa would be a good one. What's another one? The Atlanta Falcons would be a no-brainer. I think that'd be a good spot for him if you're giving up on Desmond Ritter, Ritter or just trying to have quarterback competition. Pittsburgh would be interesting. I don't, I'm not a big believer in Kenny Pickett personally. I, I think he's going to kind of be mediocre at best. Kenny small hand Pickett. Um, <laughs> I tell you, that, George Pickens going to be a dog though, dude. George Pickens, oh. is amazing. I uh, I'm gonna try to draft him this year in one of my leagues. Where else? Where else would Trey Lance benefit I mean, from? I mean, you could uh, have him go compete with uh, Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray. They're not gonna yeah. keep him in the in the. Division. Or you could send him to the New England Patriots. I mean, if Mac Jones is enough to a good start of the year, I mean, you got check is still looking at the quarterback. He's got Bailey Zappi, and then you got that undrafted kid that showed out in the last game. Uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, that's why it's hard, man. You got 32 job openings in the NFL. You got to be Malik, one of the 32 yeah. best. Yep. Malik, and if he's not one of the 32 best, then he's going to have to back up some of these guys that we're talking about. Um, you got to go to a place that's looking to rebuild. And I think yeah. Tampa Bay is a perfect spot for him. I think yeah. it would be good. They got a solid defense. I mean, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. 
So you got some weapons, you know what I mean? So I wonder if Todd Bowles would be able to utilize him properly and work with uh, Trey Lance's skill set. <coughs> That'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the most probable for Trey Lance. But I think his time in San Francisco is kaput, done. It's over with. GG. That's all she wrote. Sayonara. I don't think he. I don't think he starts as a quarter starting quarterback in San Francisco, unless Darnold, Purdy, name one of their other emergency quarterbacks that's not on their roster yet gets hurt you know then it'll be trey lance's team but i think he's done in san francisco yeah sure looking that way i will yeah. tell you though trey lance is losing his spot but our boy anthony richardson out of florida just locked the starting position for the indianapolis colts i'll tell you what i think and i'd, l- I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this okay they it's a perfect time to announce a starting quarterback i think this is a hundred percent a media you know, hey, I'm going to take all of the optics of this Jonathan Taylor trade and I'm going to put it away and everybody's going to focus on Anthony Richardson being the starting quarterback. Now, when you announce Anthony Richardson as your starting quarterback, it immediately eliminates all this other big talk about Jonathan Taylor for a little bit. So it kind of puts the ball back in Jonathan Taylor's court, basically saying, hey, we're moving on. We got a stud here that we drafted early in the first round. It's his keys to the team. We got Gardner Minshew, who's going to be his backup. And Jonathan Taylor, do you want to come over and take the money that we're offering, or are you going to sit out? Because we're building something special here. So I think the Colts not only did it because they wanted to make sure Anthony Richardson's got the confidence in the last two preseasons, but I truly believe there was more to this because the timing couldn't be any more perfect with all the drama uh, floating around with Jonathan Taylor. I think it works. I mean, I to me, there's no way he wasn't going to be starting quarterback week one. Gardner Minshew, the second, who isn't even the second. I love Gardner Minshew. His moxie's awesome. And Sam Ellinger. You know, you just spend a top five draft pick on Anthony Richardson. You know damn well he was going to start at the beginning of the season. Unless he came out and looked like dog shit. And he didn't look too great. Seven of 12, 67 yards and interception. And two carries for seven yards didn't really look that great, uh, you know. But hey, week one, it doesn't matter, it absolutely does not matter. Week one preseason, so I think it is a good distraction technique by the Colts PR uh department. And hey, don't hey, Jonathan Taylor, he's over there. Look at look at over here, guys. Anthony Richardson, he's our quarterback. Ooh, shiny new toy. So I think it was a smart move by Colts PR and to get the um, focal focal point of that franchise off Jonathan Taylor for the time being. Yep. And he's going to be a stud, man. I mean, I, I, I'm going to take that back because I know I'm going to eat my words at some point. The guy's got an upside to be a stud. He's got a strong arm. He's athletic. But we've seen guys with strong arm, athletic, Trey Lance not succeed in the NFL. So we'll see what happens there. It seems like the Colts, ever since uh, Andrew Luck left them high and dry, they're just begging for another quarterback. It's it's like their eighth starting quarterback since Andrew Luck left, dude. Yeah, if they're like sixth starting quarterback in the last six years, like <laughs> for season opener or whatever, they, they have no consistency. I was going to agree with Jake, like Anthony Richardson was going to be the starter. It's like – it's. 
is it a distraction technique or is it just like, oh, you know, we're stating the obvious, you know, it's not going to be Gardner Minshew, but he looked terrible in that first preseason game. So, you know, he's got a lot to learn, obviously, a rookie coming out first game, first ever NFL action, but, you know, makes me happy he looks terrible. Well, how do the picks look like? CJ Stroud looked terrible. Technically, technically, Will Levis had the best stats over like all the rookie quarterbacks that played this first week, and he didn't play that well. He had like a pick uh, at the end of the game uh, against the Bears, but he, statistically, he had like more yards passing, more completions than any other the first rounders um, that got picked before him. There you go, first rounders. There you go. I was gonna say Aiden O'Connell was a fourth round draft pick. And he, yeah, 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 for, yeah. First rounders pick before him. Yeah, I'm a gargle Aiden Aiden O'Connell, bro. Um, yeah, Will Levis, nine of 14, 85 yards and a pick, which T- isn't T- impressive at all. But yeah, not at all. Yeah, Anthony Richardson. We went over that seven of 12, 67 and a pick. Uh, where the where the Panthers at? Yeah, I don't. Uh, and then C.J. Stroud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Two of four, 13 yards and a pick. Two carries, six yards rushing. Nice. I think his first throw was a pick, C.J. Stroud's. Yep. I think. That's so awesome. Yeah, but yeah, you, makes I, me don't, happy. I, don't, I don't hold any weight on this, really, on the first preseason no, game. I, no, I agree. You have to, agree. like, on a, as a preseason first game. Yeah, it's a grain of salt. Literally what the goal, the goal of that game is, is to just simulate what game day will be like. Yep. Like it's yeah. more the optics. Hey, I'm going to the stadium. This is where my locker is. This is where I get the water. This is that whole dog and pony show. And sure, yep. performing on the field is part of that. But literally, like they know where the quarter. They just got to keep developing these guys. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's going to be a rough. It's probably going to be a rough season for them with the rookie quarterbacks. But they are building, trying to build a franchise around them. So, you know, there's not a lot of rookie quarterbacks, but Andrew Luck that came out and let the league on fire. Like typically never start a rookie quarterback. Typically it depends on who you are. Right. Um, Typically high drafted quarterbacks mean you got a terrible offensive line and that's why you're a bad football team. You can't protect your quarterback and you don't have a quarterback. So number one, Carolina, Carolina doesn't have a good offensive line to my knowledge. Houston, they have a left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Uh, um, Tennessee had a good O-line. They let Taylor Lewan go. They have a couple good pieces here and there. Um, you know, Colts. Colts have Quentin Nelson. They had probably the best line out of that division. But Yeah, and the, everyone was hurt last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's some outliers because Kansas City was a good team before they drafted Mahomes with Alex Smith. They would make some playoff runs and they would just choke the choke their wins away. But they made a move to you know move jump up into that ten spot to draft Mahomes. So it all depends on, I guess, who you're drafting is what I would say to you, Ty, with not starting a quarter rookie quarterback. Yeah, I don't care if I have Peyton Manning as the first quarterback. There's just so much that goes into it, and the mm-hmm. number one thing to make a quarterback successful is confidence. You throw him in there too soon their confidence is deflated and you just yeah. lost everything that you're trying to develop. You you know if you have a rookie quarterback, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. We know the Titans. We know the, the Houston. We know um, all these other rookie teams that have these quarterbacks out there. They aren't going to be Super Bowl contenders. Let them sit on the bench. Develop, develop, develop. The NFL is all about the long-term game plan. 
And I just think keep these guys on the bench as long as possible and then play them. Just play them. I mean, I think you're going to see this year with Jordan Love sitting behind A-Rod for three, four, five years. That guy's going to come out and sling it. He's going to sling it. If he would have played his rookie year, dude, he might not be in the NFL anymore. I see so much value being on the bench and learning how to be a professional quarterback. Um, there's more than just what happens between the lines. They got to do the studying. They got to be a leader. They got to do all these other things. Um, just let them focus on being, you know, a great quarterback up here. And then over time, they can show the fans what they can do on the football field. I think it all depends on the situation for me. If you're a terrible friend, if you're the Texans, I'm starting uh, CJ Stroud from the get go. You know, you have to though. Um, it, David, why, why do you have to? You're because you're investing in him like so early on. What was he the number two overall pick? Like they have to start him. Like you, the reason why you picked him so high is because you want him to play immediately. Like. Jordan Love wasn't a uh, – he was, what, the 25th or 30th pick in the first round? That's different than being picked second or first. Like, you start those guys because that's your expectation is they're going to come out of college ready for the NFL. Yep, Jordan Love was the 26th pick. And but 20th. most of these guys come out of the draft and they're not ready. And I don't think you're picking a quarterback in the first round to be a starter right away. You're picking a quarterback because you think they could be a franchise quarterback for 15 years right there. Why not bring a veteran in who's been in the league? Let them sit. I'll give you this. Let them sit for three to five weeks. Like give them something to start the season, then throw them to the wolves, right? Like why come in week one and start the season 0 to 5 and then all the pressures on C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, all these rookie quarterbacks, like do they have it? Do they got the it factor? Look at Justin Field. The weight of the world is on that guy's shoulder this year. If he does not perform, who his NFL career just might be plummeting. If he would have just sat for a year or two years, that guy could be a completely different quarterback. Let his body catch up to other NFL players. These are young kids still. We're talking 20-year-old kids competing yeah. against grown-ass men. I, so, I get that argument, but... The NFL is a business. I don't give a shit if this guy's 22 years old. I took him in the first round, the first pick overall. He's making $35 million guaranteed. He's the starting quarterback of the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young. Let me, let me ask you this. Would you rather, Jake, start the season 0-6 with your first-round quarterback on the bench, or would you rather start 0-6 with your first-round quarterback playing? I would rather have him playing, get the reps. Yeah. So for me, um, I agree. You don't want to absolutely shoot it, you know, knock his confidence down. But for me, the biggest thing for young quarterbacks is continuity and consistency. After this first year, say the Texans win two games, they get the first overall pick again. You have to keep the offensive coordinator. You got to keep the head coach. You can't just cycle through OCs. Offensive coordinator, quarterback coaches, you got to keep the same philosophy in place for them to learn and get better. What a perfect example is name any quarterback. You know what I mean? Marcus Mariota. If when he was in Tennessee, boys, how many different offensive coordinators did he have? Oh, shoot. He won every single year. 
Yeah, there's yeah, consistency is the is is huge. No, I agree with you on that. Well, I think you guys are agreeing on with me then here. Like creating a culture, creating environment, creating a healthy winning, just everything that makes a franchise great. That's part of it. Agree. But it depends on the situation that you're in. If you're a dumpster fire of a of a organization, you're the Houston Texans. You have no real history of winning or anything like that, right? You got it. You're starting CJ Stroud. You don't have you have Case Keenum as a backup. You have Davis Mills. I'm seeing what CJ Stroud got. Um, you know, you can call it a quarterback, you know, battle in camp, and CJ Stroud looks the best. He's starting. Um, but if you're one of these teams that normally isn't losing, like the Packers, you know, for example, they're typically always in the conversation, right? They're always late teens, early 20s pick, sometimes, you know, late 20s. You don't really see them with high draft picks. So if because you're they draft and develop. Agreed. That, 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 I just use them as an example. But they're an outlier because they've had two quarterbacks for 30 years. You know what I mean? They got lucky in that aspect. Um, or did they just draft and develop? Uh, well, I mean, the Falcons drafted Favre, so we can go with that. But but they once they got Favre, they realized what they had, and they, then they go get another quarterback, they develop him. But so, see, uh, situational, right? Because then If Aaron I was Huff Texans, dude, and I was 0-16 last year, and I draft C.J. Stroud with the first overall pick, or Bryce Young, and I'm the Panthers, my expectations this year – is to just be okay, be good, have moments of, wow, the Panthers are putting something together on the field. Wow, the coach actually made some play calls. In the situational More moments flashes. of the game, they More didn't flashes. fuck anything up, Yep. right? That's what you want. And then I got this young guy that I'm brewing. I'm literally brewing. And when I'm ready to open up that gate, all hell's going to break loose. He's going to take over the NFL. There's I'm not sorry, too many first-round quarterbacks, dude, that are superstars in the league. Yep. So, for me, he's my rookie quarterback starting week one, period. Because you're paying him that American cash, baby. Yeah, that, that you can't have to sit on the bench for that much money either. Yep. I, um, it all, it's all situational. Like, if you're – if you're a good team and you had one off year and you're going to draft a quarterback and you have, you know, Joe Flacco is your quarterback, you know, okay, we'll start Joe Flacco. And, you know, this guy's going to sit behind him for a couple of weeks until the wheels fall off of Joe Flacco. And then, all right, cool. We're going to start. But if I have no one on that bench and I'm high pick and I'm a franchise and disparity, you're my, you're my QB one going into the season. That's how I would, how I'm going at it. Let's change the position here, okay? So we're D'Amico Ryan. Yep. Or we're Frank Reich with the Panthers. First-year head coach. Yep. They've all made their decision. They're going with Bryce Young, and they're going with C.J. Strapp. If I'm those coaches right there, I'm, and this is just me, I'm building a completely different philosophy because I, I want my job to last more than a year. Why not say, hey, Ownership group. I need to develop this guy. That's buying you time as the head coach to develop a culture. If they throw Bryce Young in there and CJ Stroud in there, dude, and they are an absolute 
dumpster fire, those head coaches and offensive coordinators are gone. They're gone. And you talked about these quarterbacks that don't have the same consistency coaching staff. That's why, because they put the players in situations they don't belong in yet. You could go up to an ownership group and say, hey, I put Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback and look at what he's teaching him. Look at the film. You see the process that the the first round quarterbacks making. The ownership group can buy into that and say, all right, the coaching staff is developing this. Something special is happening here. The players are showing up 20 minutes early. Everything's happening the way I want it to happen. Rather than if you throw that first round pick out there, guess what the ownership group cares about? Wins and losses. And you drafted that guy, you better fucking win, and you better fucking win now. So (laughs) with Ryan's, he signed a six-year contract. So he's got a minimum of three years, I would say, to make progress. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of coaches get axed year one uh, just because you know you're not going to be make anything if you just have a revolving door at head coach year in and year out. You have like Josh McDaniels is a perfect example, right? What you saw it in Denver, you're seeing it in Las Vegas. I didn't want him to be my head coach, but hey, guess what? He's my head coach, so I'm going to follow him. You know, through the depths of hell and go with this this culture that he's building in the desert, New England West. Um, you know, Mark Davis has said he's our head coach for the foreseeable future. Until he fucks up very bad, he's going to be our head coach. D'Amico Ryan's six-year contract has never been a head coach. He's got a minimum of three years in Houston to turn this thing around. So mm-hmm. first year, C.J. Stroud starting week one. Um, in my opinion, that's not factual or anything right now. You're riding this year out and seeing how it goes. Hopefully year two, you see a lot more improvement because he has a year under his belt. He's a year into the system. Hopefully you can keep this offensive coordinator. Hey, hopefully one of these other rookies looks good. Hopefully Will Anderson, the third round or third overall pick that you took right after CJ Stroud looks just as good as well. And you have a foundation now that you're building for the Panthers. They're normally, you know, tens pick. They have a solid defense with Brian Burns, Chubba Hubbard, Chubba Hubbard, their running back, um, Spencer Brown. You have a their other backup quarterbacks, Matt Corral, um, who was who's a younger guy as well. I believe he was drafted in uh, 2022 in the third round out of Ole Miss. So. You know, I just think you got a, you got a couple of years. I think Frank Wright has earned that respect so that where he isn't going to get fired after a year. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes, baby. <laughs> I know, I know why you guys think the quarterback should play right from day one. Because defense wins championships. Because offense wins championships. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see those rookie quarterbacks going against a stout defense. Guys, um, we, we, we're getting to the end here, but we haven't even talked Dalvin Cook. We haven't talked Zeke. Yeah, we haven't now, talked. Are the Jets winning at all? I might as well be, dude. That's just off-season winners for Sean Payton. say off-season, off-season winners. Yep. Garrett Wilson with the troll of the week, too. I love if that. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't win this year, are we calling him one of the biggest busts in NFL history? No. No, not a bust. Really? He'll have a he'll have a bust. It's it, it'll a be a guy that's got all the be talent like, but can never win. 
it's like Brett Favre. He won one. He was legendary quarterback. He, he set all sorts of records and he won one. I mean, Dan Marino never won one. Yep. So Top we five. can go on with legendary quarterbacks that never here's, won anything. Here's why I said it. Maybe I stated it too boldly. Brady goes to the yeah. Bucks. He wins it. Manning come to the Broncos. He wins it. These veteran quarterbacks who made these late time moves, they make the move because the team has developed defense, offense, special teams. If Rodgers can't take this team to the top with Dalvin Cook, all the weapons on offense, and the best defensive head coach potentially in the league with Robert Sala. I mean, yeah. what more I mean, do it, we it, have it, to it, talk it, about? It would, I think be, it would be a big disappointment up. for sure. Yep. It would just be one of the biggest disappointments. But the, another one that comes to my mind is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles several years ago when they had the dream team and then they just rolled over and died. You know, they signed one of the best DBs in Namdi Asamoa and they had the stacked defense and the stacked offense and they just weren't great at all. Um, I think it would be up there with biggest disappointment of all time, but. If they make the playoffs and they win, you know, they get to the conference championship, it's not a disappointment in my mind because the Jets haven't been there in Namath. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. let me I say really this. Like, I want Rodgers to win another one. Like, yeah. I like Rodgers. Like yeah, I'd like love to see him win one more because you take the good with the bad with that guy. The one thing I respect the most with him is there's no one that's going to cancel him. The guy talks the truth, and he will always say what he believes. And mm-hmm. I think his teammates speak very highly of him. So as a leader, I would love to see him win one more because I think if he wins one more, we He's might have to take Drew Brees out of Jake's top five. <laughs> and I think A-Rod's got to potentially slide in there at that five or six spot. Hey, well, we can, re- we can revisit that conversation at the end of the year if the New York Jets win that. Um. And I'll come better prepared for that argument, sir. <laughs> or not argument, debate. Uh, but yeah, man, I the Jets are making all the moves. Like the ball's in their court. It's time for them to nut up and shut up. I think Dalvin Cook is a lot bigger uh, deal and statement than Zeke going to New England. I think Zeke's washed up. He's a has-been. He's been on the decline ever since his rookie year. And cool, you're going to be in a running back by committee in New England. Congratulations. You're wearing your old Ohio State number 15. Next next question. Yeah. No. I I got no opinion. He's not going to do shit in fucking New well, England. Jake, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, Bill Belichick, he gets players to do one job and one job very well. If he's picking up Zeke, he's going to have a meeting with Zeke and say, you're going to do this, and that's it, Zeke. The showboat and this – no, no, we don't need that. you got to do this. We are starting center. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, you're starting Whatever center. that job is, do it very, very well. And if they do it, everybody does their job. That's how the Patriots win. Uh, Zeke will be cut week five. You know what I mean? Just like Ocho Cinco, just like T.O. or whatever other – old wide receiver tried to go to New England and do the Patriot way. Um, I, I and Zeke's down in my opinion. He, he hasn't every ever since he signed that contract extension, 
his production has been downhill and I got no faith in Zeke. So no, I agree. He was, he's washed. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Zeke's done. It's all there is to it. I don't care what Ty says. Ty had to go. He had to go take, go be dad. Um, but that's probably, that's going to be the end of the show on this one. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm Jake. This is boys. He did join the show today. Don't yeah. Sorry. It was late. Sorry. Yeah. It was late. No worries. Hey, real life happens and you got to take care of shit. Thanks, Bangladesh or wherever you said it was. Bulgaria. Uh, Bulgaria. Make sure you guys follow, like, subscribe, the Talk to Fame podcast. Uh, You can catch this episode on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast, you can find ours. Download that shit. Like that shit. Pass that shit. (laughs) Um, Tell a friend. Be a friend. Let them know about the show. Uh, we do a live stream on Facebook every Saturday at 9.30, 8.30 Mountain. Like the podcast, share the podcast, talk to the fame, to the moon. Peace out. <laughs>